0: Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight.
1: And I'm Andrew Nicholl.
0: And today on the show, we're talking about... Are New Zealand house prices sustainable over the long term? Or are we going to see potentially a bit of a crash, a bit of a drop? Now, this actually comes from modelling the Reserve Bank has done. And they have been trying over the last couple of months to create a tool to measure house price sustainability. Now, the final report for this was released about a week or two ago. And so, of course, we had to deep dive into it and say, well, by the Reserve Bank's analysis, Are house prices sustainable at their current level or are we going to see a significant drop down? Now, before we start this, Andrew, what I want to know is how far above or below their sustainable level do you think the report might suggest house prices are right now? You know, give us a rough percentage of how above or below you think it might be.
1: I I think probably 10%. 10%
0: above, you reckon? Yes. Okay, well, we'll find out if you're right in a second.
1: But what we should
0: do is talk through the... We'll find out if you're right. It's a bit of a hook to keep you listening. Just walk us through, though, what is the difference between house price sustainability and house price affordability? Because these are two very different things, according to the Reserve Bank.
1: So in terms of how the Reserve Bank defines sustainability, this is just kind of that natural equilibrium where demand meets supply. So the house prices are completely in line with where we'd imagine based on demand. Affordability though, is quite different. That's based on 30% of income going towards rent or mortgage payments. So it's actually got some defined numbers there. And Ed made an interesting comment before we started recording that he was watching some YouTube clips at the weekend rather than working. And he was watching one particular clip and they were talking about apartments in Manhattan, where obviously it's very, very expensive. And whilst it's very expensive and you had to earn 150 grand US dollars to be able to live in one of them or afford to live in one of them, well, yes, it's high and And so it wouldn't be defined as affordable, but based on the demand, it was sustainable. And, you know, other examples of this are things like Hong Kong or Shanghai, where the prices are really, really expensive. They're not affordable by the definition, but they're sustainable at that high price. The other thing is the distribution. So for distribution, when it comes to sustainable house prices, well, it doesn't really consider who the buyer is, just that there are buyers. So yes, it might push out a whole bunch of people out of that particular market because they don't have the income to be able to afford it. But so long as there's enough of those high income earners, then that's considered sustainable. Affordable means that you have to have the majority of households being able to afford to buy their own home and practically everyone being able to afford to rent. So that's the difference there. And Ed, tell us how they're measured.
0: So they're measured quite differently as well. So the sustainability side is really quite interesting, which we're going to get into in a moment, where the Reserve Bank have modelled out, well, for prices to be sustainable, the cost to own a property should be roughly the same in order to rent it so they're looking at things like well what are your interest payments if you're going to own a property plus all of your maintenance or your insurance your rates how does that compare to renting right now and they've also compared the returns from investing the cash returns from investing versus some other types of investments like government bonds and equities so we're going to start to look at that in terms of sustainability but you'd measure affordability very different so There would be looking at home ownership rates, for instance. You know, if you had a home ownership rate of 10%, so only one in 10 people own their own home, that could still, in some circumstances, be considered sustainable, but it wouldn't be considered affordable. Similarly, things like housing costs compared to income. So, for instance, are houses 10 times income? Well, that would be considered unaffordable, but it could be considered sustainable. And, you know, those biggest cities we were talking, about people leveraging up, taking on a lot of debt to purchase, or only a certain segment of society being able to live there because it's so expensive, that can still be considered sustainable. What I want to dig into now is that first metric of, well, how does owning your own home compare to renting? So the Reserve Bank is trying to figure out, are these two things in line? Because if a house price is sustainable, they should roughly be the same. So what they've done is they've created what's called a user cost estimate. And that basically is the measure for what a sustainable price would be. So what does it cost to own a property or what does it cost to rent a property? Now, the user cost model in this instance is just shy of 800k. And the median house price in this report is sitting at about 850k. So, what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that house prices, at least from the householder perspective, which is just one of the three different perspectives that they looked at, but from this perspective, house prices are about 6% above their sustainable level. So, not quite the 10% that Andrew had talked about. Though it is important to note that these aren't always completely in sync so for instance in 2018 the user cost estimate the sustainable level was actually quite a bit above what house prices actually were similarly just before the gfc we saw house prices quite a bit above that user cost estimate the modeled out sustainable value of a property so these aren't always completely in sync but what kind of surprised me about this was Actually, how in line they were, according to the Reserve Bank analysis, that perhaps they are only 6% above what this would consider to be the sustainable level. And perhaps that's what plays into as well, Andrew, the idea that the Reserve Bank have said, oh, well, we think there might be somewhere between a 3 to 5% decrease in house prices at some point mid-next year. So that was you know kind of interesting. But that's just the household perspective. Come across now, talk to us about the investor perspective. So this is where they're considering the yield of a property compared to what an investor could otherwise invest in.
1: So when we look at the median house price compared to the user cost estimate being around the 800k mark and then the current median house price around 850 again you've got that 5 to 7% level above the sustained level or the projected level but they do track very similar paths you know it's not massively different there And then when we look at the gross yield, it's way above the six-month deposit rate, which is obviously why lots of people are moving from something like a term deposit to property. But it does suggest that house prices are very sustainable based on today's interest rates.
0: And I suppose the question comes down to, well, how unsustainable are these? Well, I tell you what, more sustainable than you might actually think. If you think that we've had an increase of about 45% in house prices since the COVID lockdown, you must think, how the hell is that 45% increase sustainable? But actually, by the modelling from the Reserve Bank, it looks like the vast bulk of that appears to be sustainable. Now, of course, the Reserve Bank are projecting a small decrease in house prices next year, somewhere between 3 to 5%, but also remember that Treasury modelled that we would have almost no house price growth right now, and the actual fact is that the New Zealand housing market has already surpassed the amount of growth it was meant to have under Treasury's projections. But nonetheless the Reserve Bank is forecasting a small decline of three to five percent over the next kind of three years-ish, after a little bit more of an increase, of course. But it does suggest a degree of sustainability At the current level, or at least the bulk of the gains we've had over the last year and a half, seem to be relatively sustainable. And I think it's interesting that you do hear the Reserve Bank Governor, Adrian Orr, suggesting that house prices are above their sustainable level. And they are, according to their model. But, you know, if rents rose and house prices flattened for a year, which wouldn't be a bad thing in my view. I think it'd be a bloody wonderful thing. They would be considered sustainable again, according to this model. If we saw rents lift a little bit, house prices flatten in some areas. Of course, some areas may go down, especially smaller towns. We could get to a a point where according to this model at least, house prices would be very sustainable at their current level. And there's not a lot of data here suggesting a 30% drop in house prices necessarily. No, it doesn't appear that there's some massive bubble, even though we've seen quite enormous increases in those house prices. Now, one other thing that I just want to mention, and I think we'll actually end up doing a full podcast episode on this, Andrew, is that in one of the Reserve Bank Governor's speeches that he gave last week, and boy, do I feel like a stalker of age Right now, because I've been reading all his speeches, <laughs> all of his press conferences, any report that's come out, I've got to see what my bro Adrian says. There was a really interesting graph which outlined the big housing crashes since the seventies, right around the world, and you know it was amazing that in Hong Kong, from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand and three, there was about a seventy five percent decrease in house prices in Hong Kong. Just phenomenal amounts of decreases. In Spain in 2008, there was about a 30% decrease. In the Netherlands, there was a 37% decrease between 1978 and about 1982. So while I do suggest that, hey, it doesn't look like there's going to be a massive 30% drop, and the figures that have been released from the Reserve Bank do suggest a degree of sustainability at their current levels. While I say I don't see a 30% drop in house prices, it is interesting to see that there have been enormous decreases in the past at different times now of course you know for instance with the Hong Kong crash from 1997 that's probably got more to do with the handover of Hong Kong from the British over to the Chinese government and there will be different factors within the reasons why 10 or 15 of these crashes have happened at different times but this probably will lead into another episode Andrew where we'll go through and talk about well what actually caused some of these large house price crashes in the past because that would be quite interesting to jump in and do so what am I really saying here because I'm yeah going on a big old ramble. Two things. Look, first of all, it doesn't look like there's going to be some massive crash. Maybe they're 5% above their sustainable value, according to the Reserve Bank's numbers. But while... It doesn't look like there's going to be a massive crash. Just bear in mind as well that there have been some significant crashes in the past at varying times. And of course, we'll dig into those so that you can just keep in mind as well what has caused advanced economy house price crashes and corrections in the past. So we know the warning signs to look out for. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about Property with Andrew and I, check out our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button because... Every single Wednesday, we release a brand new video, teach you something new about property on YouTube. Just go over to Google, Opus Partners YouTube. It'll be the first thing that comes up. And make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight.
1: And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And
0: we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you the most
1: out of the New Zealand property market.
0: Until next time.